Hello everyone, welcome to Tavern Talks on the High Eats Network. I am Dean, and I'm joined today by my good friend James. Hey guys. As a kid, I couldn't afford the books. Yeah. So I remember we had the starter set, and we played the starter set nice. so many times. Like, quite, quite considerably, we would take turns. There was, there was a group of us boys, and we would, we would all go around up my house, and we would just put, the, the, put it on the table, and we, you know, we... we effectively knew the encounter but we'd still replay it yeah. we would, there was like there was like three maybe four pre-made characters we would cycle we would each, we each cycle through all the characters that's cute and we each we each dm'd it yeah um um and i remember the the, the starter set it wasn't like you know like nowadays you get like lost lines of Fandelver. it's this great story that's actually a campaign in of itself mm. but that that one it, it was literally just it was really locked in because it only gave you rules like nowadays with 5e you've got that basic rule set which mm. while you haven't got the, the full scope you could still play a whole campaign yeah, yeah. with those basic rules yeah, yeah 100% this one you had rules for up to level 2 maybe level <laughs> 3 I can't quite remember and the box set was just a series of rooms and um, the, maybe the room layouts could get randomised somehow it, right. was basically a, it was basically a small dungeon crawl. Okay. And that's what it was. Um, there really wasn't that much scope to it, but I played the shit out of that. <laughs> Absolute shit. I mean, I DM'd for that, and I and I played for that. Like, there was just me, my brother, and this other boy, so there was not many of us. That and sounds so wholesome. It was, it was so... It was great. It was great. But then, really, I picked it up again back when kind of when, when 5e started. I don't even remember who that was now. And I, and I was a player... Um, um, for quite a while, I, I played uh, an elf sorcerer. It was just the most cringe characters. You know when you, first, <laughs> you, know, like, when you first make your first characters, and yeah, they are they're like edgy as fuck. It wasn't even edgy. She oh, wasn't really? even really edgy. She All was right. kind of wholesome. <laughs> and the, 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 it was a weird mix of edge wholesome. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> she was like the premise was so stupid because I am um, I like. Back to your question that we were about to discuss before, uh, in terms of min-maxing ver- uh, versus versus uh, other stuff, I am a bit of both. Oh, like, okay. I, that, that surprises me. Yeah, like I, I am. I absolutely adore roleplay, and roleplay yeah, yeah. is always the main thing for me. But I, and I actually, I, I, funnily enough, my favourite. I, I actually think I always used to. My character campaigns have been. I often would roll. Right. characters. I would, okay. I would take the dice, but you generally end on with stronger characters. Yeah. I would say, like, generally speaking, like, you're not gonna, like, it depends. Like, the the rule I would allow, the the, the rule I would allow actually would be, would be you you can roll your your stats. You roll three times, and you pick mm-hmm. your favorite of those rolls, mm-hmm. right? And then that would allow you. But that generally does wait to a stronger character. Yeah. Which is which is fine. Which is all good and well. And and I think there's there's some interesting things to be said there. But I actually think that if I was to go back again, I would probably... I saw an interesting thread online which made me really think, actually, that's what I'd like to do. And it was it was the concept of at a level up, when you can choose feats or a stat, a stat increase, you get both. Yeah, and I, I saw actually, this. I actually thought that was a really, really interesting idea. Because, mm. yes, it will lend, tend towards slightly stronger characters, but <laughs> who cares a shit? Like, like <laughs> as a DM, like, you're... Ability, you will, you will in, inherently, particularly if you're not leveling your characters up very fast, you will inherently get to know what a player will like to play, like how mm. a character will tend to act, you know. 
within reason, mm-hmm. right? There's always there's always players being players, but yeah. you you understand that like um so but back to your original question of how I like to to, to do the do that is what I tend to like to do is I, I, I really I like to find a concept and I really like to drill down into that concept. Okay. So but then I really like the statistics to support the RP. Yeah, 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 definitely. Right. So but does that leave you with weaknesses? I think that's one of the problems. I think it doesn't. Uh. Sometimes it doesn't. Like I think it depends. It really depends. Okay. Right. Like um one of my favourite era characters um, was from a campaign I played with um, um, with, with, a group of, with a group of lads, and I had just moved down here, so it was a really nice way of socialising. And I didn't know this, the, the game at all, so I made an incredibly terrible decision. Well, it wasn't a terrible decision, actually. It was a really fun decision. It was the best decision I made. But I, um, the equivalent of the wisdom stat in this character, mm-hmm. in this, in, it was uh, out of Edge of the Empire Star Wars, um, it, it, there's only like four stats. Like there's brawn, there's, there's, yeah, there's like four stats. One is wisdom, and it, and it relates to like perception okay. and all this. The, 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 the skills are really weirdly interlinked in that game. Yeah. Um, but it really, really gave me something I was shit at. And for RP purposes, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really fun thing to to have to assist RP. Mm-hmm. Now, I I do seesaw on this because I, with my D and D characters, I generally um, I like to have something that I will RP in. That. This is the thing: you don't need to have a dump stat to RP yeah. a certain way. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. But I quite like it if your character is shit at something and you roll terrible at something because it makes the table go, why did you roll for that? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that. Like, love you that. know you're bad at that. Why are you doing it? Like, Let the ranger do the... This, yeah, this yeah. Is, that's part of the fun of D&D. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why the wizard... In, in, in my, my, my wife's wizard, who is like a, a 22 intelligence wizard, right, likes to poke a finger at weird things. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. dumb and it, enti- and it brings out a silly, fun thing, right? Mm, if mm. she had been like, hmm, I suspect this is a gelatinous cube, but no, she likes to lean yeah. into that wizard, into that. She's very t- intelligent, but she's just, and that inquisitive mind gets ahead of her mm. and she will just poke things yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of playing it like, oh, I analyze everything with my high intelligence straight away. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think that is more fun. I think that is the thing that I've come to really appreciate in in, in characters. Like, I made uh, you, the character that we've played together as I was, it was, it was a total druid, and that was a fun <laughs> character to build yeah. because when I built that character, I went through loads of different books, and there was a, there's a variant, in a, I think it's from Strahd. Of Strad, where there's a, um, it's a version of is it local hero or folk hero, and folk hero as a background I think it is, um, gets you free accommodation in towns. Oh, cool! Right, but the 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 nomad version is effectively the same. Where you get free accommodation in the wilderness, but it gives you safe instead of being free, it's safe accommodation oh, right. in the wilderness. So that was what. Um, that was a, that was a fun mechanic that I deliberately sought out. I saw that was a nomad mm. thing, and I was like, "He's a total druid. He's nomadic. That yeah. really fits with the RP reasons." Mm. And it was a fun thing to have found that is game supported 
that when we were trekking the wilderness, my character could find us somewhere safe to stay yeah. the night. But on the flip side, I think that that because that particular perk I think is a little bit broken and it's more specifically tailored towards Strahd mm -hmm. because obviously in that game there are all sorts of terrible horrors in the world in the wilderness yeah, in the wilderness yeah, yeah. like vampires and the like that perk doesn't allow you to be found except by magical means that's so why I actually think it's too good right <laughs> so okay. I think that being attacked in your sleep is kind of fun in D&D. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it takes someone away. So this is one of the this is one of the things that I've got with min-maxing, right? Like, um, I think it, it... But it will leave you weaker in some areas. Like, for instance, yeah. My, yeah. my player who really loves skill checks and loves succeeding at skill checks just wasn't as strong in combat. Yeah. Like, yeah. he had built with his perks, he yeah. built around having lots of proficiencies and... They weren't all very high, but almost every stat he had proficiency in because yeah. he deliberately spec'd it that way. Yeah, kind right? of a jack of all trades sort yeah. of character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know, but invariably, like if the party needed something to go well, they would ask him. Yeah, right. And I, f you know, um, and I think there's, there's there's an element. I quite I think failure in TRPGs is one of the most fun things. I, I agree I, totally. Some. Some of the most interesting, memorable, mm. funny stories mm -hmm. that you'll ever say come from, come from failure. Yeah. yeah, so it's a good thing. Welcome it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Say your dice rolls. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I get that things like attacks, like you know, you want to hit if you've done an attack. But I think there's a really good example in um, in the recent episode that we published on our. Uh, well, it won't be recent by the time this gets. Published, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell the listeners. I can tell the listeners. It's in episode five uh, of the uh, Azira's Reckoning campaign, and we're in a combat in a fighting pit, and like you know, literally Ashley's character Athen says, "Beros, do something useful," because like I'm I'm a paladin, I'm meant to be like a bit of a tank in combat and I'm like okay I will and I run over to this enemy and I miss with my first attack and I miss with my second attack and my reaction is nice <laughs> and like because yeah. you've just got to yeah. get to you've got to come to peace with mm. so you, you fail but you that, fail but in this game that's an interesting point right like one thing that I've learned I think is really really important and I've played with some other DMs and um, um, there can be instances where failure can feel like too much of a deal right it can become a deal breaker mm. like for instance I've it's not the way it should in my opinion should be rolled but like I've 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 had it where the DM will say you can't find anything like because you failed the roll right mm. and, and an instance of this would be we went into a room there was quite there was a giant fucking skull and there was something in the middle of that thing in inside the skull and I say I walk over there and I walk around inside the skull and I use my eyes and I look mm. right I'm this is the action that I'm doing right so I'm I, I'm asked to roll perception and I bunk the perception roll like, perception. A, like a nat one it wasn't or... even a one I don't think All it was right. even a nat one it was just but th because I didn't roll high enough to to succeed I wasn't allowed to see what was in there at all it was a black curtain effectively no. but but the, the the thing that I will always play in my games is if you roll a perception check and you fail, but then you tell me what you would need to do to succeed, I will give it to you. <clears throat> so, if, for example, 
that it, 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 it varies, right? But it, if there is, for instance, like a potion on a shelf in plain view, right? If there's a hidden compartment in a desk and you've got to find the switch, mm. right? Go find that switch, and you you or you fail the trap. To, to, to you miss the trap, that trap's gonna get. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But for example, if that that was a hidden compartment, if the, the, the player says, "I'm gonna just take the drawers out and smash the drawer on the floor," yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've smashed the drawer. The yeah. thing that was in that drawer is. If there's a hidden compartment, it's also smashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. thing in that item is you you find that right. Yeah. So if you can narratively engage brain and go, you know. Because like it might be and a case so what, of, that can go in your opinion, I guess, above a dice check. I would definitely say so. I would definitely say so because the player has had the mental fortitude, mental intelligence to narratively describe something that their character does, mm. right? Mm. If, for example, right, you know, like the the first thing you said with that is, I would never, I, I don't hide critical information no. behind a skill check. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you need them to know something, right? Or what you do is you um, say um, that it's a um, it's either a low skill check or something that they can discover over time. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, for instance, they're trying to find a piece of information in a study, right? I think um, there's something to be said here about this is advice for DMs. If there's critical information... Yeah. Um, I guess it goes back to the maths and probability discussion we were talking about earlier. Mm. If I rolled 1d20, um, I've got about a 5% chance of getting a 1, about a 5% chance of getting a 20, and then, you know, the outcome is based on one roll. So it's very variable. What's not variable is taking an average of 100 dice rolls. So you're going to get about a 10 or thereabouts because it's between 1 and 20 if you averaged out all of those rules. So in that respect, if you really, really need the players to get this information, give them three to five separate kind of like roles where, uh, you know, when you accumulate those roles, you take the average, it's more likely to be around the middle because that's how averages work, plus their bonuses, so maybe even actually favoured towards the top. Um... And then, yeah, if it's a DC 12 check and you've given them five rules to get it, yeah. you took the average, they probably get it. Yeah, yeah. But I would also say, like, that what you can do is, in those instances, um, like, say they're searching for a piece of information in a study, right? Mm. If they roll well, they walk over to a bookcase, they go, hang on a second, and they read the spine of a book, or perhaps the elvish character who's maybe doing the role spots a book in Elvish with the title that relates to the information they need. Mm. Huh, look at this, mm-hmm. right? But say, for instance, a player goes over there and fails that role, but they need this information, right? Um, then you say, okay, you guys, there's no time crunch here. You spend, t- the, the, the five of you spend two hours going through this bookcase, <laughs> right, going through this room, and you find that information, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you can roll to see how so- instead of in- instead of choosing a roll to be oh, a, so, a, f- a fail state. Oh, so you, right? you, you really what you're doing there is you're letting the dice decide how long it takes them to get the information. Yeah. But they do get they it. Get the information, and right. it could be like like a nat one something. F- if they if they're for instance searching a room and it's a nat one, what I would say is don't make it a, a fail. Like, don't say you don't find anything. Right. What happens is someone goes over to the bookcase. They pull on the bookcase. Unfortunately, that book was slightly stuck to the thing, and it pulls a bookcase on top mm, of you. Mm. Yeah. 
be imaginative in how you describe the failures, right? For example, like, back to you, know, you, were, you were saying before about failure states, and like, to describe failure. It, describing failure as a DM is very important. It's your, it's your most important job, because more often than not, that is the thing that will sap fun. It's fun. How you describe things as a DM is is all important. Yeah. Because if you, if you say if if you if you're the, if your parties are sort of people who like to mechanically go, um, we're going to just like okay, we're all going to roll, boom, attack, boom, 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 and f- do these fights like mechanical precision, military precision. That's how you enjoy to play. For me personally, and what I found works best at my tables is you um, you you want to take your time with these things and say for instance a. Paladin in heavy armor is there on the front line, and the enemies are all missing. Right? You don't say, "Oh, they miss you," or "You somehow misses you." You don't say they miss. They they hit you, but you parry the blow with your sword, or yeah. you catch it on your shield and you push him back. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the reason the reason all five miss you is one charges you. You shield bang him; doesn't do any damage. And he flies into the others, and they all miss because mm. they haven't—they've all missed, right? Mm. And you can narratively play with failure and success because a player being missed by all those attacks is—is—is is, is, yes, they miss me. That's good. Whew. But if you say, and then on the flip side with the player, say the player swinging, right? And a good example that I can't quite remember where it's from. It might have been uh, Brindley Mulligan or something along these lines. Um, could have said it. Um, he described it as. If your um, barbarian goes into a into a, into a rage and charges the enemy and is just missing, you say, "Oh, you missed your attack." Oh, missed your attack. That doesn't lend to the character's narrative. Mm. But if you say your rage is so wild that you are swinging with such abandon that you're overextending and your 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 strike hits the ground and the mm. axe gets briefly stuck, so your enemy has time to dodge out of the way. Um, what you're doing is their failure isn't part of um, the pa- the failure is part of their story. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. It's not something they failed at, but it is. But it, but it can lead to a character saying, "I maybe my rage, unchecked rage, isn't useful. Mm. I need." And they might, for a narrative purpose, want to learn to control their rage. Yeah. Or, there might be other things that you can do. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's use in failure. There is you know? use in failure. Definitely. Like they, they miss the attack. Because they've missed the attack, they get so frustrated and the next one, it's not even... You wouldn't even call it an attack. They, they more like fling their axe to the side rather than even aim it at the yeah. thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's that's a failure but, but they've, they've learnt from it and potentially developed from it. So, yeah. But it's, but it's how you... But it's how you the, the, the important part, though, is, is describing it so that it builds. Mm. It's it's the yes and element. Instead of yeah, you know, like you like you like you're saying that, that they they don't walk. It's it's about understanding how from the player's perspective. If you as a DM just say, roll all your attacks, all your attacks miss. Next player, that player's gone. Oh, yeah. Fuck, that's boring. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> but if you but if you if you deliberately shine the spotlight on them and say you have placed yourself between your allies. And you've taken all the attacks that would have hit your allies, and and you know, and even though you've not hit the enemies back, you're the one bearing the, the storm of the blows from the enemies. Even if you're taking damage or whatever it is, that feels vastly different to you've missed your attack you've missed. and you've taken a bunch of health points damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's how you describe it. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Some, some, I think it, it goes all the way back to what we were talking about earlier. Some DMs it seem to come naturally and. 
you get it over time. You know? I think it's definitely time. Um, it's definitely time. And and sometimes sometimes it's just um, um, a situation you've not encountered before. 